The following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. In this study, we are learning from the book of Ephesians, where we are looking at who we are in God and how that in turn helps us to live out our identity in Jesus with and for other people. We hope you enjoy. Turn to page 978. Okay, we're going to be reading verses 22 to 32. I'm going to pray for us, and then would anybody like to read our passage for us? I can. Michael? Gideon can. Gideon? Would you like to read Gideon? All right, so let me pray, and then Gideon is going to read our passage for us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this time that we can come together. Lord, we thank you for uh, how we can spend time in your word. We ask that as we open it, Lord, that you would uh, bless us as we seek to better understand how we can interact with one another. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Gideon, chapter 5, verse 22 to 32. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit. And everything to their is Christ's love. Husbands, love your wives as, wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should also love their wives with their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Teddy is in the bedroom, so you don't have to worry about him eating your food. Okay. So, uh, you all know who Billy Graham is? Okay. Famous uh, evangelist. Okay. He did all these conferences where thousands of people would come and hear the word preached. His wife's name was Ruth, and this is something that she said one time. I think it's pretty funny, but it's also... It tells us a little bit about how she viewed her marriage. Someone asked her if she ever contemplated divorcing Billy Graham. And her reply was, divorce, no. Murder, yes. Divorce, no. Murder, yes. It's a joke. I can laugh at that. Okay? The point is, she viewed her marriage vows as so important that she would never break them. Does that mean that she never got angry with her husband? Does that, that mean she never lost her temper with her husband? Does it mean there were times where she really didn't want to be around her husband? Probably. There were probably many of those times, okay? Marriage is awesome, but it's not easy, okay? If anyone tells you that being married is like the easiest thing in the world, they're lying to you, okay? It's hard. The home, as Scripture describes it, as a husband and a wife, is the building block for the church. Godly homes lead to godly churches, which is why if you look in verse 21, it says we're to do what? We're to be submitting to one another in Christ, and that's a mutual submission, and that's the base of what we're going to go off tonight. So we live in a time where gender and role confusion reign. So the Bible is going to speak to us tonight on how men and women are to interact within the confines of marriage. So why don't we go ahead and split into our groups. Guys, why don't we do guys over on this couch, girls over on this couch. Now, before, before you all jump into that, I, I want to say one thing. Okay? This is not an easy section. Okay, because it says things that go against our natural tendencies. That being said, read your questions, read your sections, go through the questions, and we'll, we'll come back together in a few minutes and discuss them. Let's do this. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right. So, let's start with the wife section since it's first. Okay. 
let's go ahead and get the awkward out on the table. Okay, what does this passage tell wives they are to do? Okay, what does that mean? If you, if you had to like describe what that should look like. You have to word this in the right way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do. It's not slavery. Okay. Yeah. okay. Very well put. Okay. Wives are called to submit to their husbands. Now, before the fall, this whole idea of like authority and headship and submission was good, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's how God designed everything to be. But obviously when the fall happened, sin entered the world, sin tainted everything. Okay. Sin tainted every aspect of our lives, correct? Okay. From how we interact with our parents, to how we interact with husbands and wives, to how your brain functions. It even affects like us physically, like our bodies are tainted by sin. Okay, so how does, how does sin particularly taint this whole idea of wives submitting their, to their husbands? Can I read the verse? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Genesis 3.16. Yeah. So the fall just happened, right? It says, To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Okay, so what does that even mean? It says, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Anything tonight is open to the entire floor. So I'm not just asking particular groups. So anybody can answer. Like a biblical sense of submission in a marriage? Okay, yeah. So the, the whole idea of viewing submission as a good thing has been tainted. Okay. Uh, ladies, do y'all like being told what to do? No. Okay, no. Okay. Nobody really likes being told what to do. But here's uh, here's an instance in Scripture where sin has affected that greatly, where it has taken, you know, the, the helper, Eve, was provided to Adam, okay, to walk alongside Adam and support him, love him. Um, because of sin, and, and dudes, don't get too puffed up because I'm going to get to you guys in just a little bit. That <laughs> dynamic has changed, and now, because of sin, that idea of, of loving submission and, and desiring to be part of that mutual submission has been skewed. And what does the woman want now? Something control. Okay, control. They want to usurp authority. Okay, that was given to Adam. And in some ways, this makes sense because what did Adam do? He failed in his leadership. Okay, Adam should have stopped Eve. Adam had every opportunity to say, Eve, that's not a good idea. Okay, but he did. Okay, he was literally standing right there as this whole thing was was unfolding, and he should have stepped in. Okay, and he failed. So the idea that, that the woman would want to usurp that authority, it seems pretty natural, but it's tainted by sin. Okay. But authority is authority even when that authority messes up. Okay? Have your parents ever made mistakes in raising you? Okay? No. Are you st- they're not perfect. Are we still called to honor our parents even though they make mistakes? Yes. Okay? We, we are. Now, two questions for this section. What does submission not mean? And this is very important. It doesn't mean slavery. Okay? It doesn't mean slavery. It doesn't mean subjugation. It doesn't mean inferiority. Okay. It's also not mindless obedience. It's yeah. not just like doing everything that one is told just for the sake of doing what, what one's told. Okay. It doesn't mean like groveling and serving like just like a servant. Okay. It's also uh, not necessarily even a negative word because we see Jesus willingly submit to the Father, mm-hmm. and it's like it's not something he wants to do, but he understands that that's what he's called to do, and he does it, and it's the most beautiful thing that ever happened at mm-hmm. least to humans. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not necessarily a bad term, but because of sin, yeah, it's got that negative, negative tone. Now, what submission is not, and I want to I want to be very careful in how we word this. Submission is not an excuse for men to abuse. Yeah. You guys hear that? <laughs> I'm serious, because that is that is our sinful tendency. Okay. We take that authority and we want to impose that on people. That's that's how men operate. Okay. Both men and women were created in God's image, so we cannot take this idea of authority and use it to abuse. 
Ladies, it means sometimes yielding to your future husband's leadership means you don't get what you want. That's hard, right? We like to get what we want. But in everything, wives are to submit. However, Scripture never calls, and listen up, guys. This is very important, and for you ladies, too. As future wives, submission is never... Let me word this right. Scripture never calls us to submit if it means we sin or if it means we do something demeaning or perverse or anything like that. So it's the responsibility of the husbands to be worthy of submission to. Okay? Submitting never means that you do anything that's contrary to what Christ calls you to do. So if your future husbands are telling you to, to do something and it's sinful or if it goes against what the Bible teaches or if it's inappropriate or if, if it's demeaning towards you or anybody, then you don't have to do it. Okay? That's not submit. That's... That's not violating this biblical principle. That's saying, I'm honoring Jesus over you. Acts 5.29 says, we must obey God rather than man. Okay. So what does submission mean? Let's, let's get to the positive side of this. Okay. Gideon. Okay. Ver, second part of verse 33, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay. What does that mean? The passage yeah, says respect, and respect encompasses a lot of things. Okay. At least willing to hear out. Yeah. 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 Okay. What you're originally thinking is And respectively, men should respect their wives too. Yeah. But it's not a well, submissive respect. The analogy is as Christ loved the church. Okay. Yeah. We're so getting there. If we're going to be the man, you have to be worthy in the way that Christ is worthy. Okay. All right. We're, we're getting there. Okay. Submission means willingly submitting to the leadership of another, just as we do in Jesus. Okay. This is why, ladies, it's important for you to look for a future husband that has Christ like qualities. Okay, that's, that's why it's so important that we look to marry other believers. Uh, because if we are unequally yoked and, and we don't marry somebody that, that believes the same things that we do, it's going to be very hard to submit to those things. It's going to be very hard for the men to love and, and cherish those things. Okay? Okay, submission does not communicate obedience, uh, but the Greek here is, is actually used to describe order. Okay, so this idea of submission, it's actually God saying, this is how I created it to be. But sin has tainted it. But I want you to reflect how the created order was supposed to be. Okay, wives are submit to, to the structure that God has created and, and the order of the family. Paul specifically addresses women to submit to their own husbands. Notice he, he doesn't talk about other people's husbands. Okay? Somebody read verse 23 for me. Gideon, why don't you read verse 23? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body is himself the Okay, so the submission that's going on here is rooted in God's plan of order, not because of anything in the husband, but because of who? Because of Christ. True biblical marriage reverses the effects of the fall and reestablishes God's purposes that he has placed over us, and he wants us to reflect that in how we interact with one another. The order is not the result of the fall. The distortion is uh, Christ is worthy of submission. So as we look to biblical marriage, biblical relationships, as a wife submits to the husband, what she's saying is, I trust what the Lord has done. I trust that he has put me in this relationship. I trust the authority that the husband has. And Lord willing, if that man is worthy of being called your husband, he's going to be leading you in a way that makes submission easy. Okay? All right, dudes. Let's lay into you for a little bit. All right? All right. Dudes, I hope you noticed there, there's two verses here that are directed to the wives. And there's probably about ten that are directed at you guys. So the bulk of the responsibility is on you guys. And it's a big responsibility. It's a huge one. So, what does this passage tell husbands that they are to do? Verse 25. Sure. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up to her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that, we sh- that she represents her husband. Respect. Respect. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what that means, I'm going to sum that up in one sentence. What that means is husbands are to love their wives with every fiber of their being, with everything that they've got, okay? Everything that they have should be fully devoted to loving their wives and loving their family. So what is this? I'm going to ask pretty much the same two questions I asked about uh, the wives passage. What does this love not mean? Okay, absolutely. That's, that's a very good idea to not do that. Okay. Okay. We're going to get to that in just a second, but yes. Yeah, it's, there is an idea of service. It's not the same type of idea as submission mm-hmm. as, wife have, as wife has, but there still is a call to serve mm-hmm. your wife. Absolutely. Let me say this first and foremost. Husbands, future husbands of the room, you are not called by Scripture to bring your wife into submission. You hear that? Yes. I want you to shake your heads. Okay? You are never called to bring your wife into submission. Okay? You're called to love your wife and be worthy of being submitted to. That means... It's not your job to force that, okay? Yeah, you have to force it. You know, really yeah. And uh, let, let me just throw this out there, okay? A lot of times our jokes can, can be pretty inappropriate about this kind of things. You know, jokes about women staying in the kitchen, go make me a sandwich. Those are inappropriate. Why? Because, because it's mean, it's rude, and it's not showing the type of love that husbands are called to show to their wives, okay? So along those lines, how has this particular charge to husbands been tainted by the fall? Same question that we asked earlier, but now towards the dudes. Let me read Genesis 3, 17 to 19 for y'all. And, that, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and you have eaten of the tree, which I have commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it. All the days of your life, thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to the dust you shall return. So in regards to how the, how the fall has tainted this relationship between the husband and wife. How has it tainted the husband's role here? You kind of talked about it a little bit, Vivian. Would you like to share that again? Oh, like, Yes. Yeah, so men are called to work here, okay? The, the, the Bible is very clear that hard, like, physical labor was given to men in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And now that work has become really, really hard. Before it was enjoyable. Now it's really, really hard. You're going to work hard. You're going to... It is godly to work. And it's good for, for people to work. And it's good for women to work, too. This isn't, this isn't just the dudes go to work and the women stay at home. No. But the temptation for men is to go to work, work hard, provide, and then come home and sleep on the couch or play video games all day or not spend time with the family. So that's, that's one way that it's been tainted. How else? I mean, before the... Like in Genesis, yeah. the men part, like the wives, your um, desires will be contrary to your husband's. Is yeah. contrary isn't just a one-way word, so it's you both disagree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. Sin causes men to want to dominate and to control and to to put you know the fist down and say my way or the highway. Okay, that's that's definitely one way. Like Vivian said, sin has caused men to want to go to work, come home, and do nothing. Okay. I like to come home, and sometimes I just want to sit on the couch. Okay. And do nothing. Okay. But 
Men have responsibilities. Husbands have responsibilities to their families to love them well. So, the positive side of this, what does this love mean? Talk about what it does mean. What does this love mean? It means a healthy relationship. And it's okay. a love that's self-sacrificial. Okay. Like, I mean, again, it's representing the way Christ loved the church and loved it so much mm-hmm. that he, like, died a death on the cross. There are sacrifices that are made in marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to read you all a quote from a guy named Rick Phillips. It says, Every husband knows that he's called to love his wife in such a degree that he would willingly die for her. But God calls for far more than just this. It's easy for men to think of dying dramatically and bloodily for our wives in some grand gesture. But what Paul specifically has in mind for husbands is to live sacrificially for their wives. This means a dying to self-interest, to place her needs above your own. It means a willingness to crucify your sins and selfish habits and unworthy character traits. So part of this idea of loving wives means you work on your own sanctification as hard as you can so that you can lead your family well. Okay? That means the particular struggles that you have, it's okay to struggle with those things. But if you're just putting those aside saying, well, it's really not that big of a deal, you're not leading your families well, your future families well. Okay? Absolutely. Okay, I, I hope you caught the, the last sentence of that quote. This means a dying to self-interest to place her needs above your own. It means willingly crucifying your sins and selfish habits and unworthy character traits. So, what does that mean? Does that mean we can never play video games again? Yes. No. You have to play video games with your wife. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Find the gamer girl. Yeah. But what that does mean, guys, and I, and I use the video games as just a specific example. There's a thousand things we could place here. But if a husband just comes home and plays video games all day, or if he just comes home and just buries himself in reading, or buries himself in Netflix, or you know goes out to the garage and starts tinkering with his tools all day long and ignores his family, then there's something wrong there. There's obviously something very wrong there. Because what he's called to do, verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So part of the husband's job, and this is a very difficult job. I hope you see how, how hard this is. It's to sanctify your future wife. What do you think that means? Uh, and ladies, you can jump in and, and answer this as well. The Bible says that a friendship should, like, or as iron sharpens so one man sharpens another. Um, and the idea there is in friendship, right? And so you're supposed to have a relationship with your wife mm-hmm. where you all should build each other friend. up and, like, sharpen each other. And that's referring to sanctification. Mm-hmm. More and more like Christ. Yeah, maybe. The way I think was just like working with her and her problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is listening. Part of that is offering advice. Now, guys, one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do for your wife is figuring out if she wants you to fix the problem or just listen. Okay. And it's okay to ask. Okay. Sometimes your future wives will want you to fix the problem. Okay. Ladies, am I right? Sometimes you just want people to fix the problem. Okay. Sometimes you just want people to listen too. Right. And you have to find that balance. And it's okay for you to ask your wife, do you want me to fix this or just listen? Because most of the time they'll tell you, and you just do whatever they need you to do. Okay? All right, now let, let me ask you this, this question. And I actually find this very, very interesting. And, and just put future in front of every time I say the word wife, just because you all are not married. Okay? Is your wife more like Christ because she's married to you or in spite of the fact that she's married to you? A husband should be leading his wife well. Okay? And if he's doing that, Lord willing, you will both be growing in Christ. Now, we make mistakes, okay? We fail, just like Adam failed, okay? Now, hopefully, because of that consistent love that you're showing your wife, she'll still be growing even when you fail in that leadership. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, the question that husbands should be asking themselves is, how can I help my wife be more like Jesus? That involves putting the means of grace before each other in a marriage, praying together, okay? There's that cheesy saying that says, you know, a family that prays together stays together. Okay, it's it's true though. Okay, when we're praying together, what are we doing? 
We're talking to God. We're working through things together, right? Okay, we're going to the place that we need to go. We're going to Jesus. A husband must never let go, even when it gets hard. Okay, however much he may want to leave or separate himself or just disappear into the garage. Okay, a true Christian godly husband is to pursue and to spend time with his wife. Men must pursue. Okay, you must pursue. Now, John Calvin, let's close with this. He, he once said, where love reigns, there's mutual servanthood. And this is, this is an active call. Okay, this, this call to mutual submission here. Okay, if you go back to verse 21, what does it say? We are to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Future wives, seek to give your husbands respect. Okay, guys love respect. Okay, they want respect. Would you agree? We want people to respect and think highly of us. It's part of who we are. Okay, give your husband, future husbands, respect in their work and leadership of your families. It's a hard job to do. Okay, we make mistakes. Okay, I make mistakes as a husband all the time. So give give that respect. Future husbands, love your wife and make yourself submission worthy. Okay, Proverbs thirty one ten says, an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. Our wives are a gift to us. Okay, uh, my pastor from North Carolina, he said God made a helper for men. Why? Because we need help. Okay, not because. We had it all together. We just needed someone to come alongside us. We needed a helper. God provided that for us. And it's a wonderful thing. Now, to both sides, because I think this is very important. Neither of these things are conditional. Okay? The whole idea of submission, the whole idea of loving and caring. If the submission is conditional, what will happen? Um, anybody can answer this. Someone's going to mess up and you're going to be like, uh, you're not worth respecting anymore. Or like, you're not worth loving anymore because you messed up. Okay, so yeah, so if the submission is conditional, then the wife will only submit when it's convenient for her or when it's going to work out in her favor. Now, again, when there's abuse and domination going on, that's a different story, okay? Uh, that, that's, that's a condition that, that can be worked with. Uh, but that, that can't be conditional if it's, if it's godly leadership. Uh, for dudes, if, if your love and care for your wife is conditional, what will happen? You're only going to love her when it's convenient for you or when you have the time. Okay? You're only going to care for her spiritual well-being when it's, you when know, she's already well. yeah, when she's already well or when, when things are great. Uh, so if we view it as conditional, then we're both going to fail on both sides. Does that make sense? So like the idea of submitting to a husband even when he, he fails or messes up, it's hard to submit to somebody who's making mistakes. It's hard to love people that are making mistakes. But we're called to do that together. We're called to be mutually submissive to one another. And if, if we do this correctly... We'll see ourselves growing in grace together. Okay? We'll see ourselves loving Jesus more together. And it's better to do that together than separately. So if we view this conditionally, we're kind of working on our own terms, working on our own sides. So we're called to do that together. One of the beautiful things about marriage is that men and women are so different, and God calls us to come together and use our gifts together. Okay? Women are very good at certain things. Men are good at certain things. And when we use those gifts together, we glorify God. Gideon, will you read verse 21 for me again? I know we've read it several times, but let's end it on this. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's our call. That's your call as a future husband. That's your call as a future wife. And again, these aren't easy things to do. You will make plenty of mistakes. But the more we look to Jesus, the more we're better off in the end as we enter into relationships. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us, and we'll hang out for a little bit. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the time that we can spend in this uh, pretty uh, difficult passage, Lord. It kind of strikes at the, the selfish tendencies that we all have. And I ask that you would help us to seek your face in all these things, Lord. I pray for these young men and women as they make their way through high school and college and look towards starting families, that you would provide for them, men and women, that uh, would be godly and willing to 
submit to one another. Lord, I pray that you would help us to all be willing to submit to one another because that's what you've called us to do. Uh, simply because your son has uh, done the ultimate submission, which is to the Father's will, and we thank you for that. And we thank you for his sacrifice for us, Lord. Help us to love everyone more and more each and every day. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. And keep an eye out for new audio upcoming from WYM.